Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to The Broad Experience the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, you start your adult life believing that having a career is wrong, and then everything changes. The first week of my divorce, I had $40 in the bank, and I cried when I set up my own utilities in my own house because I had never imagined that I could do that. I mean, it was the funniest little things to realize that I was a grown-up. Coming up, leaving one life behind and starting a career in your mid-30s. A couple of years ago, I heard from a listener in Salt Lake City, Utah, called Brooke Lark. Her email was memorable for a bunch of reasons, but mainly because of the colourful way she wrote. At one point, she said, When you're raised believing the only thing you're meant to do is have babies, that education is selfish and career is even more selfish, waking up outside of religion and realizing you've got to swim upstream with a boatload of kids in tow is beyond terrifying. Recently, I asked her to expand on that. I was raised in a very conservative religion and left and right, hook, line, and sinker, believed that the only thing that I should be doing with myself is being a stay-at-home mom, birthing as many children as God would allow. And I dove dove into that really, really readily. I was 19 and married, and I remember at my 10-year reunion being really proud that I had had four children, which was the most that anyone had had. And so, you know, I was like on just this dogma treadmill to winning heaven. Brooke was raised Mormon, and unlike Pat Jones in the last show, who's also Mormon, Brooke had a strict religious upbringing. She says she knows Mormon women who have always worked, but that never felt like an option for her. There's no denying the fact that if you are a young girl growing up in the church, and you listen very closely to the lessons You will come away feeling like, okay, I understand that it is my job to be a mother. It is my job to care for children. And, you know, I I should sacrifice my life for these endeavors and for my husband so that he can be a caretaker. And so certainly you could interpret that and different personalities do. Different personalities, you know, I have Mormon friends who have PhDs and Mormon friends who have traveled the world and never gotten married. But the large majority of the dogma and the religion does encourage a woman to stay at home. And you do grow up believing that, oh, your place is in the home. And, um, you know, anything that, that would kind of better yourself is kind of something that you put second. She certainly believed that. She's the oldest of six daughters. Everything in our home and in our lives was built around the community of church and family and 
you're very immersed in the culture and the structure of the culture and your community and your family is an extension of those ideas that you learn in church. Um, interestingly enough, my mom actually left the church when I was 16, which was a huge taboo. And uh, that kind of made me dive in even deeper because then I felt like it was my responsibility to be very righteous and, you know, to kind of bring her back to live in a way that I showed her that she was making the wrong choice. Oh, how interesting. (laughs) I know. I wish I could go back to that 16-year-old girl (laughs) and say, it's not your job to save your mother. (laughs) But even though she's laughing now, her mother leaving the church was huge because she didn't just leave the church. She left her family. She'd had an affair, and Brooke says leaving that relationship and facing up again to the daily grind of kids and housework. She just didn't care because she couldn't do it anymore. I mean, she had not been educated and had six young girls, and I think that she was just overwhelmed to the max, and the promises that had been made in church were not her promises. And so she felt a duty to just leave, and she did. She just up and left one day and turned over all of her parental rights to my father. Things did not go well after that. The family was scattered and some of Brooke's sisters still bear huge psychological scars. She feels lucky that she was almost out of the house when it happened. And as Brooke says, she was a righteous girl. She decided she was going to be the ultimate support to her husband, the best mother she could be. She met her husband at Brigham Young University, founded and owned by the Mormon Church. She married at 19, and within a couple of years, she had her first child, a boy. Once they both graduated, her husband got a job working for the Mormon Church in Colorado Springs. And so we weren't just members of the church. We were, our entire lives was church. And we would travel and speak to youth every summer in a program called EFY. And it it was a very active part of my identity to push against people who did not want children, who would, you know, consider not having children. After her son was born, Brooke went on to have a daughter and then twins, a boy and a girl. And one day when she was pregnant with the twins, she came across this old column by Anne Landers, the advice columnist. Landers had polled readers to ask if they knew then what they knew now, would they still have had kids? A majority said no. And Brooke was furious. She wrote to Anne Landers lambasting her and her readers, saying how selfish these people were, how children were the best thing in the whole world, and how sad it was that anyone could think differently. I was so in love with my children and the opportunity of being a mother. And I think in part that's because that's all I had. You know, I, I was not allowed to let that experience be anything but fully fulfilling. And so on most levels it was. But about 10 years ago, something began to shift. Brooke was still happy with her lot, but household finances were a little tight Then she met this other Mormon mom through her kids' school, and the two of them started meeting up every week. Well, one day over tea, she said, do you know these people are making like money off of these blog things? And I was like, really? You know, do you think that I could make $500 a month? Because we did not have money to send the kids to basketball, and I had wanted to put them in soccer and basketball. And she said, well, I've heard that design mom makes $30,000 a month. (laughs) You know, so we were like, oh, what is this even? 
Brooke had barely read a blog in her life. She was raised to be industrious. She thought online stuff was basically a waste of time. But she really wanted that extra money for the kids. And she loved baking and coming up with recipes. So I went home that day. I had no clue what I was doing. Put up a blog spot. I mean, just horrible looking. I The worst name ever. It was called Conversations with a Cupcake because I had no concept about branding or marketing. You know, this was so far from my world that I ever expected to live in. Um, but I had this goal to make $500 a month. So the first six months, I I kind of figured out like, oh, okay, I understand how to connect to the community. And so I was able to get promoted on several other blogs. And then um, a company called and they offered me $500 every month just to put, like we would do like a couple of special posts just for them. And then they would put their ad on my sidebar. So that was a huge win. Money began coming in. She was pleased about that and delighted to have this creative outlet, something for herself. She connected with a highly successful blogger at one point, offered to bake her a cake, and was featured on her blog. And that brought Brooke thousands more readers. And as she got more successful, her world began to change. She began to travel a little, to blogging conventions. About six years ago, she went to a convention in Arizona and met a group of bloggers she really liked. One day we were sitting at a wine bar, which in my life I had never been to a wine bar because Mormons, you know, are supposed to avoid alcohol at all levels. And so I was sitting there, everyone was sitting around me drinking and I was, I was drinking water, sitting next to this man who had been flown in for this event and he was so lovely and so dear and around me everyone is drinking and I have this kind of strange feeling, which within Mormonism, we would say is the spirit. Like there was such a beautiful connection and humanity at that table and no one was in a hurry. And I'd never experienced this before. In Mormonism, you're always busy and you're always running from place to place and event to event and meeting to meeting. And here we were just sitting there. And then this man next to me mentioned that he was gay and it was just like my world cracked open. I could not understand how you could feel nice and kind feelings sitting around a wine bar with people drinking, sitting next to a gay guy (laughs) that you've now decided that you really like. Brooke had been raised in the church to think being gay was decidedly wrong, a sin, that it was something a person should deny or get fixed. And so I went home and thought, I'm going to really have to read you know, rethink some of the things that I'm thinking because this new world that I'm starting to understand doesn't fit within the things that I've been told about what the world really is. And that was the beginning. Nine months later, I resigned from the church. Brooke's husband was having his own crisis of faith, though for different reasons, and the two of them ended up leaving the church together. But losing their community and stepping into a whole new world in their mid-30s, it was a challenge. And at the same time, their relationship was changing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So Brooke was happy with her new expanded life before her, but her husband was struggling with what to do next. They had lost the religion they'd shared, the church he'd worked for. But Brooke had her creative outlet, the blog that was actually paying her pretty well at this point. I was making about $2,000 a month with my blog, which, you know, was more than I ever... When I started the blog, I was hoping to make $500 a month. So to, to suddenly get to this point where I was making two to $3,000 a month, I mean, it was like, I just felt like epically wealthy. She told her husband she could cover the bills until he found another job. And so that was the plan, was just um, I could, you know, work hard, take a couple of side hustles and just make it through. Because again, at that time, I wasn't even thinking this could be a career or this is a thing. I wouldn't have even called myself a name that could be attached to a career. I was just, you know, I had a little blog. But earning her own income was beginning to affect her outlook on life. As I started to gain more success, I started to gain more confidence. And then that made me feel more comfortable saying, you know, drawing boundaries or saying, this is what I need, or this is what I like, or this is what I want. And our relationship was just fully unprepared for that kind of equality. We did not go into that marriage being equal partners. You know, we went into that marriage with me as the supporter. I was the rib and he was, you know, I was Eve and he was Adam. Maybe that was several little cracks in the foundation. And then the bigger issue came once we stepped out of Mormonism. Um, It's very difficult when everything had a structure before and everything had an answer and there were very specific roles. You don't have to use a part of your brain that you have to use when suddenly you have to decide what is right based on simply the information that I'm gathering for myself. She says her husband had thrived within the structure of the Mormon church. Where he was being told, you know, this is how you are good and you check these boxes. And so it became very difficult for him outside of Mormonism to flourish because there were no rules that he could check boxes. And for me, it was everything that my personality needed was finally, you know, I could follow every whim and figure out everything all by myself. And so that just became a very dramatic shift where we were essentially two different people And, uh, you know, it's really hard to overcome that when, first of all, you're no longer living under the rules that you had agreed to in the beginning, and now you're not even the same people anymore. A year after they left the church, they agreed to divorce. Her ex still hadn't found permanent work, though, and at that point she realised, it's down to me. Blogging and writing about food has to become a career, something she had never wanted or thought she'd have. She had always been supported. The idea of doing the supporting, of taking care of those four kids on her own, was daunting. The first week of my divorce, I had $40 in the bank. 
And I cried when I set up my own utilities in my own house because I had never imagined that I could do that. I mean, it, it was the funniest little things to realize that I was a grown up and I got off of the u- the phone and the utilities woman said, you know, thank you, Mrs. McClay. And it was so strange to suddenly be a grown up and have people talking to me like a grown up. So that week I had $40 in my account. I did not know if I would be able to pay all of my bills, but we just started running forward and I would reach out and try to, you know, kind of hustle gigs. Her own blog had become a springboard for other work, corporate work. She'd begun to be approached by big food companies to blog for them, and she just kept inquiring about more work. And the following two years later, I had $40,000 paid off and paid off in debt and $30,000 in my account. So I know that I've been incredibly, incredibly lucky to not only be able to take care of my children, but rebuild very quickly. Her ex-husband pays for their health insurance through his new job. He also pays for contacts and glasses for the kids, and he kicks in for some school supplies too. But it's mostly Brooke who keeps the show on the road, the complete opposite of her old life. She still has scary moments. One day her biggest client pulled back and she had that thought, it's all over, I may never get another gig, we're all going to the homeless shelter. But she calmed down, started getting in touch with other companies and began to create more income streams. Now she does everything from food photography to writing to brand consulting. She says the last several years have been quite a learning curve, very uncomfortable at times. But talking to other women about their work has been a big help. I have become just obsessed to the max about asking people, how did you end up where you are? where you are, where you're working in your current job. And it's been incredibly revealing and refreshing to find out that a lot of people end up taking risks and restarting and reinventing and ending up in careers that they never would have imagined or hadn't really been trained for, but just kind of fell into. And so it, it was several years of asking people, asking people, you know, why are you doing the job and what is your training and what is your schooling before I felt like... I understood that, you know, a lot of us, by all stretches of the imagination, feel a little bit of imposter syndrome. And actually, and the listening to the broad experience, I know that you're going to think I'm making this up, but it has been so hugely important to me to listen to the way that you talk about work and women. And I realize that so many of the issues that I have, that I deal with, aren't exclusively because I was a 35-year-old woman suddenly cast out of a conservative religion into a world that I didn't recognize or know. It's a lot of it because I'm just a woman in a world where we're all still trying to figure ourselves out and see what works and learn how to work and how to fit that together with children and family and home. So understanding that a lot of people end up in their careers by surprise was an important part of me saying, okay, I can claim this as my own. And she's proud of what she's achieved, not only keeping her family afloat, but being able to save as well. In fact, just yesterday, I closed on a house that I will be buying by myself. And I'm the second woman in every single generation of my entire family. I'm the first one to graduate from college and the second one to buy a house. So it felt like a very, very, very big deal to having gone from thinking that I could only be a stay-at-home mom to, you know, completely reinventing. And I mean, in five years, it it feels kind of crazy, but I'm grateful. 
And after not dating since she was a teenager, she plunged back into that world too and met someone. Her boyfriend now lives with her and the kids. He's an outdoors type, works as a creative director for a bike company. And this is actually quite a funny story. He was never Mormon, never wanted children, had no children, you know. And of course, in Utah, there's just a plethora of women to date, all of whom have many, many children. So it has become a really funny thing, seeming my world of only women with, you know, four to nine children with his world of outdoor friends that none of whom have children. But it works. Brooks says she never wanted to live in Utah. She had lived there for part of her childhood and had no desire to go back to what she remembered as a very conservative place. She moved to Salt Lake City when her ex-husband relocated to look for work and they wanted to keep the family in one place. But in the years since, she's fallen in love with the place, its proximity to the mountains. So no, I don't see myself moving. In fact, there are very few places that hold any kind of draw for me and not because my family is here, but simply because I love the land here. Um, I would like to see my children growing up in a place where they're surrounded with more women that they can see because I, I think that we've kind of found a nice little niche, but I'm aware that, you know, as soon as they get out and about, they are largely surrounded by a culture where it's very, very uncommon for women to work. And it's certainly uncommon for women to be making equal amounts of money. I actually went on a date right after I moved here with a man who said, he was a business owner and he said, oh, I've always told everyone that women are the secret to success. You can pay them 60 cents on the dollar and they get more work done than a man in a day. And I was so shocked by that, but it's that that's true. And that is a pervading issue in the Utah mentality is that women work, they work hard and you don't have to pay them. And if you do pay them a little bit, they're so grateful that they'll work even harder for even less. That is not the message she wants her daughters to absorb. Brooke says an important part of her new trajectory is being a good guide for her children. Her oldest son is now 19 and came out as gay a couple of years ago. Her older daughter is 16 and her younger son and daughter are 14. She says her family teases her. That in a three-year period, I went from a mom who would drop the kids off at school and say, return with honor, which is a big, you know, Mormon thing. To a mom who has entirely different concerns. And now you just drop us off and say, don't have kids. <laughs> so <laughs> there's definitely been some evolution and the children have weathered it very well. <laughs> huh. And you wouldn't really tell your daughters not to have kids, would you? I feel like it is my duty because I did not have a woman who was allowed to speak about what motherhood and womanhood really was. I feel like it is my duty to help my children understand what choices that they can't make uh, right now entail once they do make them. And so I, you know, I, I will tease them that I don't want them to have kids. Um, but we talk about it a lot. It's very important to me that I'm very open with my children and, you know, they understand that having, you know, I was just asking my, my daughter the other day, cause she said, I want to, she's 16. And she said, I want to get all of my eggs taken out. And I said, well, honey, I don't know that you want to make that decision when you're 16. And she said, listen, mom, 
We've talked about this. I know that I need to get financially prepared, get $100,000 in the bank, get my schooling under my feet. I'm hoping to start a coffee truck, and I just don't know if I'm going to have time to do all of that before I want to have kids. So maybe it's just not going to happen. So I'm just getting the eggs gone. And I was like, well, okay. So, you know, I, I feel like maybe it's a little bit of overkill, but I've gone from the only answer is have children to if you do want to have children, if you want to discuss what it means to have a career or go to college or whatever your choices are, let's openly discuss how that will affect your life. And especially as a woman, let's discuss how that will affect your options. Whatever the kids decide to do, I you know, give them my hugest blessing. But I hope that I'm the kind of mom and the kind of woman that I never got growing up in a religion where the only thing that you could say is motherhood is sacred and precious and wonderful. And it is, but not always, certainly not always. Brooke Lark. You can check out her work at cheekykitchen.com. That's the broad experience for this time. As ever, I'm keen to hear from you. You can comment under this episode at thebroadexperience.com or on the show's Facebook page, or you can tweet me or email me. This is a one-woman show, although I will say I am lucky enough to have a great intern working with me this spring. Zainab Ubaid helped transcribe my interview with Brooke. But I have no producer, no engineer. It is just me creating and producing this show. If you can kick in to help support the podcast, just go to paypal.me slash the broad experience. And if you give 50 bucks, you will receive the official broad experience t-shirt. If you can't give money, I totally get it. Please consider writing a review on iTunes instead. Some of you have. Thank you very much. But the more there are, the more chance there is of the show coming to other people's notice. Coming up on the next show, one of the most popular jobs for women today, as in the past, is the role of assistant. We have a phrase that we use in the office a lot, which is ambition worn lightly. And that's exactly what you need to have as a PA. You need to have serious ambition, but on behalf of the person you're supporting, not on behalf of yourself. Tune in for that next time. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.